What's good, what's good, what's good? You are now tuned into another episode of Best of Both Worlds. Yo, this week is jam-packed with podcasts, man. I got a bunch of content coming for y'all, man. So please stay tuned. Um, If you didn't already check out my Instagram video, go ahead and check out my Instagram page so you can watch it. And I'll break down everything that will be coming uh, moving forward in the future. Uh, My Instagram is ibrock88. Um... Once again, iBrock88, for the new listeners, for the old listeners, go tune into my Instagram and get informed on what's going on and what's upcoming, up and coming. Um, I have no sleeper picks for today. Um, shout outs for today. Uh, I really want to shout out the Athena baseball team. Um, I heard y'all had a real, real good team this year. A lot of young stars. Um a lot of good, solid seniors, a lot of solid leaders. Um, from what I was told, you have potential to make a state run. So shout out to y'all, man. Keep your head up. And I'm sorry that this situation had to end your season or actually prevent the season from even happening. Um, you, y'all, y'all were robbed, man. I, um, I just hope y'all know that people recognize the talent that y'all have, man. Um, I got a very special guest for me today. Um, it's one of those individuals that you meet and build a genuine relationship with. It's not one of those things. It's like, yo, it, it had to happen. Everything just happened by way of, by way of just a, like a natural cause. Like it was a higher power that brought us together. It was something that was like a small interaction ended up turning into a great relationship. So, uh, without any further ado, man, I got Coach Meekin with me. Meekin, man, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Let him know a little bit about yourself. How you doing, Brock? Um, my name's uh, Brennan Meekin. Um, I teach uh, Alternative Ed, which is a program I started 20, 20 plus years ago for kids that are in danger of dropping out of school. Um, was housed in a nursing home, and uh, basically, uh, <clears throat> you know, when kids have um, not a whole lot to turn to and and have a lot of uh, negativity in their life, um, able to bring them into a situation where people are kind of on their last, you know, uh, last uh, open life and bringing them out there. We started a program just centered around um, just choice and change and citizenship and trying to bring Eden's alternative, which means just basically plants and animals and life and youth and, and trying to deinstitutionalize an institution uh, to bring hope to people. And then basically uh, from there, I stemmed out, um, you know, trying to make connections with kids on a different platform uh, through church, uh, through coaching. I coached uh, baseball, basketball, soccer. Um, you know, I tried to make as many connections as I could with kids, uh, definitely through music as well. Um, went to college, uh, Genesee Community College, got my associate's degree, uh, went to Brockport, I got a four-year degree in psychology, went back, got a four-year degree in criminal justice, uh, then I went on for my master's in education at, at Nazareth, and um, after that, I actually got my master's in divinity through Liberty University online, so that's a little bit about myself. Yeah, man, that's dope. I didn't even know you were... Uh... I didn't even know anything about your school, and I didn't know how many degrees you had and all that. I, <laughs> I just yeah, assume I just assume you matter. went. That's just, just a little bit about my my background. 
that's that's actually dope, man. Um, yeah, that's dope. That's dope, especially for what we're gonna tie into. So, um, what? So just let, let's talk about your background, like in terms of, like when you were young, like your youth and all that. Like, what was the environment like at home, and like what neighborhood did you grow up in, and what was that like? Mm. Um, it's tough because <laughs> I'm actually uh, one of my bucket list goals is to to write a biography, an auto an autobiography, and um, you know it's it's I didn't I didn't grow up the way that people would think that I grew up, I guess. Uh, if you want to put it that way, uh, you know, I have a, a really good memory for some reason. I, I don't forget a whole lot when it comes to experiences. Um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, in, in the city of Lockport. Um, my my dad uh, and mom, didn't, it, their situation didn't work out when I was at a very young age. And um, I just remember my mom tossing me in the back of a, an old green Dodge Dart. <laughs> <laughs> and just just checking out, man. She said we're gonna go look for another place to stay, and um, you know we ended up in a, a trailer park. Not that that matters, but we just that's where we ended up, and um, just a single wide trailer, and it was me and my brothers. And, um, and I grew up I grew up in a kind of a rough situation, man. Just kind of uh, I was the youngest of of three children. I also had a sister that that was killed um, before I was alive, so. I never, uh, never got to meet her. Um, I grew up in uh, an environment that was kind of, uh, you know, you kind of fend for yourself. You know, I learned at a young age how to how to defend myself. Um, you know, how to how to interact with with different cultures and different backgrounds and different you know situations in society. And then I, uh, <clears throat> after I, I went. Uh, in Lockport, I was there from kindergarten to sixth grade, and then I moved to Elvian, and I uh, went to school there. It was a whole new school, whole new vibe, whole new, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Like, I, I just, <laughs> it was it was different, man, to say the least. I was asking my mom, like, what are we doing? Like, we're just going out where the cows are? Like, that's what it was. And then I had to, you know, blend into that whole small town thing, and, you know, I ended up... Uh, Graduating from there, and then um, you know went out to you know went on to college, and, and actually went back there to teach. Mm. So, what got you? What motivated you to work with kids? Um, I could say you know growing up, there were you know I went through a lot. There's just a lot of stuff that I saw that I didn't need to see. Went through a lot of. Uh, you know, family stuff, domestic stuff, you know, within the home and saw my brothers go through some really, really rough situations and basically sports was the thing that found, you know, I don't want to say it found me, but I mean, it, it kind of, you know, how it, things just work out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of guidance. So basically I, you know, I'm, I made a, a plywood backboard and, and, figured out how to get it up on the tree out back and got a hoop, you know, a couple screws on the hoop out there. And, you know, I used to, you know, I put a square on the, uh, on the back of our garage door out back and, and just pitch to myself, you know, just, you know, try to throw strikes, just all that kind of stuff, man. So sports was kind of the thing that led me to, to be around kids and, and kept me out of the, the, you know, the troubles way. Um, 
when I, you know, going through it, just school and, and going to counseling as a young kid and um, just seeing some of the things, unfortunately, that you have to go through sometimes in life, it just, it led me to, to three things. It was like, one, I just wanted to be a counselor. I wanted to be a, a youth offender officer, a youthful offender officer, or I wanted to be a teacher. Slash, you know, actually just a teacher. I didn't even honestly had no aspirations of coaching. Um, that's, you know, once I got into it, I realized in college that, you know, to go into psychology, once I got my four-year degree, it was still basically you got to go be a doctor. Either you're going to be a doctor of theory or a doctor with the ability to, to prescribe. And I would have had to go to school a lot longer, which I actually did, but um, just the circumstances that were going on in my life, I was trying to get a, a job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did that and I was going to be a police officer and decided not to do that. And then I ended up getting an opportunity to work in a school um, through a uh, you know, a situation where two kids were in a similar situation as, as uh, I was in school and I got to mentor them and that kind of worked into, you know, getting a job at the school and going back to college to get my uh, master's degree in education. So did you have any any friends or anybody close to you around your age back when you were young that that kind of went on a similar path later on in life? Um, not really, man. <laughs> Just being honest. I was, I was the kid that was the young kid that always played football and played sports and stuff with my older, older brother's friends. Mm-hmm. So a lot of backyard football with people that were four or five years older than me. Um, you know, basketball, baseball, that kind of stuff. I really had, I didn't have any, you know, I had friends. I've always been a, a person that, you know, it's easy for me to make friends, but I never really had any friends that really did anything too positive, I guess, until I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. So there was one friend I had that ended up uh, getting into um, the, the ministry and church. And at that point in my life, I, I didn't know anything about God except for what people had tried to shove down my throat at a young age, and I just didn't wasn't receptive to it. So basically... You know, that until I got into college, I, I didn't have any friends that, that really did much of anything positive, to be honest with you. So what was what was that like? Um, you said people were shoving religious things down. Um, what was that like for you when people tried to force certain teachings onto you or try to instill certain principles in your life? What was that like for you? hard to explain. I mean, I, I guess I could just sum it up in a nutshell, you know. My, my mom tried to get me to go to, you know, I went to vacation Bible school as a kid. I, you know, I went to Camp Dittmer, which is like a thing for like Boy Scouts, you know. She tried to get me into stuff, and, and I just went with the flow, man. I was just a, just a young spirit, man. And, you know, when we went to, to vacation Bible school and stuff, it was more like, when does kickball start? Yeah. You know what I mean? When does tag start? It wasn't I mean, I, I remember going to it and, and learning about this stuff, but it was like, you know, cat in the hat to me, you know? Right. It just, it just, it just didn't stick. So then about my teenage years, my uncle was into, um, 
And I don't want anybody to get the wrong, you know, the wrong view here because that's not how I feel. It's just he was into a Pentecostal type atmosphere where like people would come and put their hands on you. And the first time I went there, he just like went up there to get prayed for, and, and the guy, you know, kind of like put his hand on his head. He just fell out, like right in the middle of service, just fell out on the floor. Mm-hmm. And and then like maybe 25, 30 minutes later, you know, it just like service just kept on going like it didn't even happen. And then basically 20, 30 minutes later, he got up and, and you know, he was crying, his wife was crying. And that was my initial, <laughs> you know, that's like, when you first go to swim, somebody pushes you off the 15-foot high dive board. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It just, it, it didn't stick. Right. And then, my, you know, my mom later on, um, when I was in high school, you know, I got caught up in some stuff with friends and just, you know, just you, you do stupid stuff, you make bad decisions. And, um, you know, she tried to pull the whole, you know, I'm going to take you to church and you're going to get yourself together and we're going to mm. have somebody come talk to you. And, and at that point in my life, man, I was kind of rebellious to it. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's where I was at that point. What other than people trying to force it was like a factor that caused you to reject religion? To reject it? Yeah. I just, I didn't have any positive experience. Yeah. I, I, everything seems, I mean, and and it's hard because people don't understand when you when you go into to some type of religious experience, no matter what it is, you're basically exposed to it in terms of what I would call Christianese or whatever it means. You know, it's like it's a whole other language, man. Yeah. You know, I remember walking into a church. My mom's like, "No, this will be good. You'll like this." And I walk in, and there's this giant banner up on the stage that says, "Today is the day of salvation." Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what, what is self? What? Yeah. And then the guy starts talking about being an evangelical, you know, a evangelical person, and you know, going out into all the world and preaching. And I'm like, huh? And they got sandwich boards on in the corner and telling people if you, you know, if, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to burn in the lake of fire. Yeah. And that was my experience, and I'm just like, man, all that, all that makes me want to do as a human being is like if I'm driving and I see somebody on the corner I'm just rolling my window up and trying to go faster <laughs> Right. you know I, that right. was my exposure so I just didn't ever have at that point in my life a good solid like mentor foundation or introduction I was already I don't know turning not turning the other way a hundred it's not like I didn't think there was a god I just didn't yeah. know what was going on with this whole church thing. Yeah, I definitely get it. I um, I definitely get it. Like for me, my earliest experience was, <laughs> you know, I was in like a black church in the hood where like the traditional, like you had to dress your best, and it was a lot of old heads in there, and it was like, you know, I went to one of those churches at first, and my first experience yeah. was like, I witnessed. <laughs> It was like early in the, the the service too. Like I witnessed what they call you know somebody catching the Holy Ghost, and for me, like at a young age, I'm like, man, listen, I'm not trying to, I, yo. I just I I didn't know what to think about that. And then um, another thing too was like after going to church a few times over and seeing it in multiple different churches and seeing it happen on multiple different occasions, I'm like. It made me start questioning myself and the religion because I'm like, why am I not having that same reaction? 
Um, what's the difference between right. me and that person? Um, is there something wrong that I'm doing? Is there something wrong that they're doing? You know, yada, yada, yada. And it just led to a bunch of questions. And with me, I like having questions answered. I think that's common human nature, but I definitely, like, I was eager to have answers for a lot of questions because I I like to think about things. And when I would start thinking about things, it'll lead to one avenue and it need lead to another and it leads to another. And it'd be so many unanswered questions that I would be overwhelmed and yeah. I'll start having, like, many panic attacks. So, for me, I I I rejected, um, spirit like and I I spell it out there like it was I was introduced to Christianity, um, and that that's kind of what's been around me. So that's for the listeners. Um, that's kind of what's been around me for like my whole life, and I rejected it at first because I'm like, yo, like, my my questions aren't answered. I need my questions to be answered, and. When I go to school and I read these books and I'm learning these things in class, it's answering a lot of my questions and this makes a lot more sense than what people are telling me. Um, right. And I, I just didn't really get the concept at first. So for me, I, I, I definitely agree with what you were saying and I understand where you're coming from. It was just like the, the first experience, you know, that first impression is everything. And then uh, when, people don't really, when people don't really try to reach out in a way that helps you understand, it, it really gets hard for you to dive into that concept. So then my next question um, is for you is, what was your outlet for stress um, outside of sports? Because, you know, we met, once after we met, we kind of linked and, and built a relationship off of um, a, a music, a music type, type vibe. And I'm wondering, like, I know how you, I know how you are spiritually now. So before you got there and used that and used sports, what was music like for you? Music was uh, gangster rap, heavy metal, you know, cigarettes, trying to be cool with a 40 ounce in your hand. Mm. You know, somebody passes something along, you try it and cough thousands. You know, it just, it wasn't good, man. You know, it was typical high school behavior, typical trying to be something you're not, trying to get into, you know, quick stuff where... You know, you think you're tough, you think you're cool because you're a part of a, a team that other people, you know, you play on a team that other people aren't as athletic as you, and, you know, you, it, it just wasn't good <laughs> at all. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, my outlet was just not good. I mean, it was, a, I guess, I don't want to say typical because I, I don't know, but at that time in, in my life, in my friends, it was very typical to want to party want to try to act cool, try to chase this and that. And you, you, you're just running to something that has no reward. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like a, a temporary, it was like putting a Band-Aid on a, on a gunshot wound. It just, it didn't, it never fulfilled anything. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's the same now. Um, and I think with, the current state of our generation with in terms of like our connection with technology i feel like it's at a faster rate i mean if that makes sense like for example the way we consume music it's like it's just like it's like every it's like popcorn music now nothing really lasts anymore um yeah. the way we interact with one another on social media is like popcorn it's like once something is booming or once somebody has some sort of heat or some sort of clout they were on that wave for a minute, and once that wave started to simmer down, it's the next thing. What's next? What's next? What's next? Like, 
Oh, it's definitely yeah, the same. Now it's just it's just like a like a different. You know what I mean? Like I like I think now, right? So you said like it was all about parties and chasing certain things. Like now it's like it's all about having the the coolest bot on SoundCloud or having like the best pictures on Instagram, stuff like that. Stuff that really don't mean nothing. And like you said, it's right. like putting a bandaid on a gunshot wound. It's it's not really there to last, and it, it doesn't really have no real long term effect. But um. Yeah, our our generation. Man, honestly, man, go ahead. It's different, man. I remember growing up where you literally, when a new song came out from yeah. a band or an artist, yeah. you literally would sit next to your boombox mm. and wait because they would tell you on Friday or Saturday at midnight or Friday at this time the new song was dropping. So you'd go to the store, scratch some pennies together, get you one of those blank cassette tapes, put it in your boombox, have pause and record and play all clicked on so that when they started you could just hit the pause button and you would record that new song Mm -hmm. and you would play it over and over and over until they could release it on tape like that was our exposure yeah you know what i'm saying like that's crazy compared to now yeah and um it definitely just like in that time even though things were like I said, even though things didn't really last, I feel like there was a, a, a more sense of, like, personal connection with everybody, even just the world in general. Like, there was more interactions. Um, what? How have you, like, not how have you adjusted, but do you think, do you think society should try to, like, move more away from social media and get back into personal interactions or stay on the path that we are on now that's a tough question man because it it doesn't matter what i think (laughs) just Mm. social media is going to continue to boom yeah i mean i I was just watching a commercial last night i was trying to catch some some time with my wife and she's into fixer upper on hulu so i'm trying to watch that and they still have a little bit of commercial so um which is foreign to people you know Mm. and they were advertising messenger for kids mm. which now kids can have a facebook messenger that can that can be monitored by their parents it can be filtered it can be this that and the other thing but wow. it's you know it's on demand i mean my son you know my youngest son is 11 and he facetimes his friends and i don't even know who they are sometimes because they don't come over and especially now with all this stuff going on you know, there's no contact because of social distancing. So, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. It's, I don't think it matters what anybody thinks. It's just, it's going to continue. Like, social media is social media. If you want to come and sit in my living room, man, you could come and sit in my living room. I'm all about that. But we can also put my, you know, my webcam on and you can come, you know, act like you're sitting in my living room too. <laughs> without right. actually, you know, coming here. So, it's tough, man. Do, do I think it should go back to, I'm, um. I'm kind of the person, man, I'm not a big, like, I, I don't want to talk on the phone unless we're talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, same. If you got something to talk about, let's talk about it. I'm not the you best know, with small say, talk, man. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm not a big, yeah, exactly. And I'm not a big, like, you know, it's funny because you can't even call somebody now without letting them know you're calling, which is crazy. <laughs> You, you got to text and say, hey, is it a good time for me to call? Yeah. And people, you know, you try to call people and they just forward you the voicemail if they don't want to talk to you. And I think it's at the point now where they don't even care 
whether they forge you or not. It's just, I don't know, man. I think it's more based on convenience. And it's, it's like we know more about people mm-hmm. and we have, you know, I, I guess, I, I guess we know more about people. I guess we know more about what people want us to know about than when we really get to know people, if that makes sense. Right. You know, you only are going to put out on social media what you want people to know. Mm-hmm. I'm more about relationships and connections and really getting the conversation and talking to people. That's what I'm about. And why do you think that is valuable? Like, why do you rather have relationships with people? Um, like, what, what's, the, what's the value in that? Because I want to know, I want to know, well, I, I like to hang around people who are real. Mm-hmm. Just people who are transparent people who can be who they are, people who aren't chameleons and, you know, trying to blend in in every different kind of situation. Like, I'm the kind of person that I am who I am. Mm -hmm. There's no, when I go to school and I teach, I'm the same person. When I come home, I'm the same person. When I do my music, I'm the same person. I'm not trying to to play like, you know, oh, on this situation, I I can't let anybody know that I like to rap kind of just to have fun because I'm 46 years old. You know, like, I'm not that kind of person, man. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point in my life where it's, it's valuable for me to really get to know somebody so I can know whether I want to invest my time into any kind of a relationship, even if it's surface-based. You know, I'm trying to meet people where they're at. I'm about having impact. I'm about trying to help people. I'm, I'm trying to, like, be some something along the way or someone along the way that can be a push to people or kind of be an encouragement to people or, or be an asset to people. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I'm at, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So can you touch on the story that you told me one time we had a studio session and um you know, you said there was a kid that was carrying a bag down the street and you ended up talking to him. Cause that that that's real significant. And um, that kind of ties into what you just said about, you know, you want to, you, you, you could have a, a role in somebody's life, like, down the road. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, you know, I, I'll try to make it as quick as possible because it's kind of a, you know, it's a, it's one that gets your emotions if you start talking too much about it. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And I'm at the point, like, I, I'm not afraid to tell you, I, I cry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not about that, well, I'm a man and I can't because that's a bunch of nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your emotions are okay. It's okay to to show your emotions. It's okay to have a heart. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to love. It's okay to care about people. It's okay to put people before yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's okay. Um, you know, I, I I remember vividly, man. I lived. You know, I, I grew up tough, man. I didn't have anything. My mom did what she could, and you know, my stepdad did what he could. But they had a lot of their own problems that were, you know, very difficult things that they had to deal with. So I was kind of like the kid that wasn't even supposed to be there to begin with. I wasn't even supposed to be alive. You know, I wasn't even supposed to be, you know, there was no plan on that. And I was kind of that kid that was left to do whatever. And, and, you know, we went from apartment to apartment to apartment. And it wasn't like nice apartments, you know, it was. You just live in where you live, man. It is what it is. You're around other people, and it is what it is. So, you know, I saw this this kid who was homeschooled, and basically he was, you know, he didn't get to go to high school until ninth grade. So he was homeschooled all the way through eighth grade. Then he came to high school, and even in the, you know, rural school, man, people are mean. 
People can be mean. They don't know you. They have no vested interest in you. They don't care about your feelings. You know, long story short, man, they, they had been getting picked on, pushed, you know, told he was this, that, and the other thing. He wasn't good enough. He got cut from this team and da 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 And I never even knew the kid. I just knew that I saw him walking, but I, you know, I don't know everybody. And I saw him one day leaving, and it was a, it was a Friday. And he had, it was just awkward because he, it's like, when you're in school, you don't carry stuff home. Like, right. you guys in this generation are more backpack people. You know, you get backpacks, you put all your stuff in your backpack, in case of this, in case of that, in case you go here, in case you, whatever. We didn't, we wanted nothing. Like, homework was like, if I had to bring something home, I'm folding up one or two pieces of paper, putting in my back pocket, and I'm leaving. Like, he was carrying a garbage bag. Mm-hmm. I mean, one that was just huge, like, full of stuff. And these kids, man, were running to go to the park and just ran up on them and just trucked them. And I mean, he didn't know they were coming. He didn't know, you know, anything was about to happen. He just had his headphones on, carrying the bag, walking home or wherever he was going in the kitchen. And I'm telling you, man, all this stuff in the bag went everywhere. His glasses were all, just not a good thing, man. So I'm like, what the heck was that? So I cross the street, go over there, and start helping him pick up his stuff and put it in the bag. And I introduce myself. And long story short, man, he just, he was, you know, he was upset like anybody would be if that just happened to you. So basically I said to him, man, I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not the toughest person in the world, but I can tell you this. I'm not scared of anybody. When you grow up with two brothers that are that much older than you and you, you just not, I'm not scared of anybody. Mm. I've taken enough butt whoopings in my life. That for my brothers, that it is what it is. You know what it feels like to get punched, right? I mean, you know what it feels like to to get beat. I mean, it's what it is. So I said, man, just start walking with me, all right? And he said, oh, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. And then basically, man, you know, if, if I went to school and he went to school at the same time, man, we would walk together. And if I didn't have practice, he was, you know, I basically just formed a like to school and home from school relationship. Mm-hmm. And then. You know, you get to know him, and then he's like, okay, well, he lives in the same apartment complex, so, hey, I'd hit him up once in a while, but his parents were very religious, and, like, I I wasn't a church-based person at that time, so, in my world, I'm listening to Metallica, and Eazy-E, and Dr. Dre, and and all this kind of stuff, and his parents, he's not listening to any of that stuff, so, really, it was like, we had kind of a surface relationship, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of grew and grew into the point where, you know, I was driving, I'd take them, and then, and then we just got to be friends. You know, was, I just learned that, you know, everybody's not going to be like you. Everybody's parents aren't going to be ones that are the same as, as everyone else. It just is what it is. So we ended up being good friends, really good friends, man. And then came graduation, and uh, he was he ended up being the... You know the valedictorian of the class, mm-hmm. and um, you know he said a story that that just uh, it blew my mind, man. Cause I had done forgot about what had happened back then. So he started talking and said, "Hey, you know, there was this time when I was in ninth grade, and you know I went through all this stuff, and I had to transfer to the school, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and I just want everybody to know that." You know, somebody in this room made it a point to to help me when I needed help, when people had 
just been bullying me and, and treating me as if they didn't want me around. And, and I had cleaned out my locker and put all my stuff in my bag because I was going home to kill myself. Hmm. So, you know, it was, it was, that was one of those things where, you, you know, when you get that thing in the middle of your throat where you're about to choke up and yeah, it's just, it had a tough situation, man. And, um, but it, it it gave me confirmation, I guess, at that point in my life that because I had had, had such an, a rough upbringing, man, that I want I did not want to see other kids have to go through things that I went through mm-hmm. or deal with things on their own the way I had to. I wanted to be there because no one was there for me. And I had one teacher in school, one that believed in me, and that was the reason why I ended up, you know, going to college. So that that was kind of the influence, I guess, to you know kind of project me into where I wanted to go because I really didn't have anything else going for me. I could cook, wash some dishes, you know, but <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 that story, man. It it still touches me, man. It's it's just dope, man. That that one gesture was so long, and um, it's just funny how life worked, you know. And we always say, yeah. we always say, man, it's, 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 everything happens for a reason. And, um, you know, it's, 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 that's a, that's a common story. Like it's always that one individual that's getting picked on. That's everybody is on their back every day. And, you know, they, they, they get to that edge and it's like, either you jump off the cliff or you turn around and keep rocking out. And like they, they always end up on top, and at at the end, or they always end up in a in a completely different, like almost like a complete one eighty, from the from the experiences that I've known, that I've seen. Um, like my man uh, Trey, shout out to Trey. I know you're listening. Um, he 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 had like a similar story, man. Was getting picked on, man. Ever since for, for as long as I knew him, man, from fourth grade on, like he wasn't the most athletic. Um, he he lacked confidence, so he you know to to I I I don't I wouldn't judge him in terms of like is he attractive or not, but he he didn't have too much attention from the from the ladies, and um he just was always just like an outcast, and he I always was telling him like yo man listen man your time gonna come like because I I used to be in that position too when I was a little younger, and I'm like yo man. It happens to everybody, man. Like it's gonna be a, a down, but at, but every down it, it turns into a up. So just just wait it out, man. Be patient, man. I promise. And I kept telling him, like, yo, bro, I I know everything is piled against you and things not looking the best for you, but, but stick it out. Like even with basketball, like he he was never the star on the team. He even played AAU for his dad and didn't get much PT on his dad's team. And that was like, that really crushed his spirit. And then riding home with his dad and, you know, having to listen to him talk about other players on the team and rave about the players on the team. And it was just like, he just kept falling back. I'm like, bro, listen, bro, your time is coming. And he and he, he was putting the work in too behind the scenes. So it wasn't just like he just sat it out. Like he was putting the work in and he had faith. And yo, before you knew it, man, my man, he was the leading scorer in Section Five. He he didn't get nominated for AGR, so that was all fluky. But that's politics; it's whatever. But he was the leading scorer in Section Five. My man was the starter team two years in a row. Like 
going crazy, super, super, super confident. People was like, he had like, well, I don't want to say he got clout now, but he has a lot of attention. And I told him like, yo, like, man, this ain't even it for you. This is just the beginning. And I told you it was going to happen. Just don't, don't look to try to give me credit. I don't want credit for none of that. I don't like, bro, he, he put the work in. He did what he had to do to get where he at. So I just tell him salute. And I, I tell him like, yo, let your story be a testimony, man. Let your story encourage other people to do the same thing. Other people that's in similar positions and, um, yeah, man, it's, everything happens for a reason. The people that you meet, the things that happen, things that you encounter. Like, my story um, is full of ups and downs. Like, I started off the outcast, the little stink fat kid, unathletic and all that. Then started beasting out on the football field. Ended up getting um, an opportunity to go private school. And then everything was working out in terms of sports. And the academics started to fall apart. So, I had to leave there. And the academics came back. And it was just like, <sighs> everything is going good, going according to plan. And then, you know, mentally, I wasn't all the way there. So I had to work on that. Then spiritually, you know, I'm not all the way there. So now I'm working on that. It's like, it's, it's always going to be something. Um, but it's all part of the plan. Yeah, for sure. And, um, which, yeah, so to, to kind of jump back a little bit, um, how big of a role did music play in your life? I remember I was trying to get to that earlier uh, when I asked, like, what, what type of music you were into. But, like, how big of a role yeah, was I that? Because, you, like, you know, we make music now, but, like, was it always just a hobby? Was it something that you really, really, really loved and cared about? Like, how was it? You know, it's funny, man, because I just literally uh, was texting one of my friends from high school last night, and... I let him see this freestyle that I posted on Instagram. I was just doing it just to have fun, mm -hmm. you know, because that's not, it's not what I do every day. It's just, it was to have fun. And he, you know, his comment was, man, I can't believe where you're at now with music and you started doing dubbing tapes in high school. So like our JV year for basketball, I used this little riff from a salt and pepper tape mm -hmm. and and I used it and I learned how to, because you could have two cassettes. You could play some and then record on the other side. So mm -hmm. like you could dub it, you know, I copy it. So I would copy parts of it and then copy, rewind it, copy it again. And then basically I made our come out song that we came out to every game. And I made a rap about everybody on the team. Mm -hmm. And he was like, man, I can't believe that you came from that to what you're doing now. And, um, you know, it's, it, it was one of those things, man. I, it, it wasn't really anything more than, you know, something of interest, you know, music was. I always was into records and tapes, and, you know, I used to be part of a tape club and yada, yada. And then it started in high school where when we went to parties and stuff, you know, people were always drilling. You know, it was mama jokes and drilling on people and whatever. So me and my friends were really like, after that kind of cooled out, we just got into that boys to men vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Shy and um, some of those uh, other, like, acapella groups and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And basically, that's when it started for me. We used to just hit, like, different parts, and I never knew how to sing, never knew how to play any instruments. I never knew anything. And I just turned that into, we went to Darien Lake, which is now Six Flags, and they had a karaoke thing where they would actually record you. So you could pick a song. They could record you, and then you would listen back. 
and, you know, and everybody could hear you outside. And I knew a couple songs. And long story short, that's how it started. Then I got into karaoke in the bars, went to the New York State uh, Championship for karaoke, which is, I'm sad that I have to admit that, but that's that's where it started, man. And then, then I got into uh, church and got into band, into bands, and then... I mean, it just life changes, man. You know, now now I couldn't live without it. Yeah. Now music's a complete different part of my life than it ever was. Yeah, and it's 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 um. You 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 sent a song to me the other day. That was like, it was one of those songs where like you know when you listen to a, a, a album or you listen to a track or any any record or whatever, and. It just, it touched you in a different way where it's like you could feel every emotion in the song. You could feel, like, it was one of those for me. Like, as soon as it come on, as soon as you hear the vocals hit, you get goosebumps. It was one of those. And it was like, yo, like, you could tell, like, there was a sense of passion. There was a love. There was a real feel for the craft that was involved in that. And, um... That doesn't happen for everybody, especially now. Like people just rap and sing over over beats. Like it's no it's no real connection. But there was a real connection. So like, how how do you tap into to that? And like, what advice would you give to up and coming artists from Rochester who are trying to achieve things like that? Mm. I would say, you know, you can't force anything. You know, I've written probably. And this is this is just whatever. Just I've written probably two hundred plus or more songs, mm. and it all started when I, when I was in church. I used to do like just used to cover the church songs, you know. And then I got into a band and I wrote the songs. And then when I wrote the songs, it just became something for the last ten years or so that has been part of me. And I've just progressively, you know, gotten more experience. So it's more about where's your heart and what is your intention, and. Where where are you? Where are you trying to go? Because the reality is, that everybody wants to get that break. Everybody wants to be famous, all that kind of stuff. I'm not in that boat, man. Like I know, you know, through my experience in life, you know, anybody could catch a break once in a while. Mm-hmm. But if that's your intention is to get famous and all that, then I don't know what you you know what that's really accomplishing. You know, when I write, it's from the depth of my soul. Mm-hmm. It is from. It's like I heard. I heard one of my favorite artists say one time, you know, when you imagine drawing a picture, somebody saying, hey, Grok, I need you to draw this for me. And then I want you to hold it up for the entire world to judge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you th- like, I've learned along the way that if you think that you're good at something, you got a lot to learn because while you're sleeping, other people are working. And what you think is good may, may be good to you or to your friends or to your family, but when you let it out for people to judge, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. You have to bring something to the table that people don't have. So when I'm writing, I'm trying to write about something that's real. My style of writing is to connect with people, connect with people's emotions, their experiences, try to meet them where they're at, and I want the stuff to be relatable. You know, I can I can sit and talk and and rap about whatever I want to, and it, it ain't gonna make any sense. Or, you know, it ain't gonna make any difference in anybody's life. But the, what my strength is is stick, stick to your guns. You know, like it's not it's not bad to go out and, and venture and try to you know see see what you can do in this genre or that genre or this whatever. But stick to your guns. Like I know where my lane is, and 
for that, I have to push myself to be the best I can in that lane. Mm. That you know, and that's what I would tell people: is just stick to what you do and make it something that's meaningful. Because anybody can talk about you know girls and chains and drip and <laughs> swag and, and all this stuff with the auto tours on it. I'm saying that that people won't make it or can't make it. I'm not trying to down talk anything. I'm just saying there's no substance to it. Right. You know, there are people who listen to it and love it. And they'll buy your stuff and stream your stuff and do whatever. And that's all that's all good. I'm not putting anything down. I'm just saying for me or for advice for anybody else, stick to stuff that has substance. If you're gonna rap, make make sure you got bars. Mm-hmm. If you think you got bars, then go on Sway in the morning and check out, you know, some of those guys that go on there and listen to what they bring to the table. Yeah. Because I, you know what I'm saying? It, it's heat, man. It's heat compared I, to what you think you might be doing. I try to draw inspiration uh, whenever I, I get into uh, writing from this page on Instagram called, I think it's called Real Life Hip Hop. Or uh, mm-hmm. let me see what it's called. But basically, they drop a freestyle often, almost every day. And it's, it's, it's current. It's called Real Rugged Hip Hop. Um it's current freestyles, throwback freestyles, and I'm talking about throwback like, like underground, like I'm t- like freestyles that probably was lost in the internet that somebody had to dig up from somewhere, some crate or something put on there, like one of them. So whenever I try to draw inspiration, I try to go in there, and I'm like, yo, let me listen to something that's dope, something that's witty, something that's like something you could feel where like I try to like I don't know when I when I when I write I want to think about how I'm gonna like rap the lyrics or how I'm gonna say the lyrics in terms of like what is the swag like so can they feel the vibe can they feel the energy and how I say it what's the cadence gonna be like is it modern is it um catchy is it like lyrical like what 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 am I trying to touch and what am I trying to reach and then how do I put all that together and then lay it down in my lyrics. But um, I know my question is all over the place, but I got another question for you. Um, What advice, and I have a lot of episodes now and coming up that's related to this kind of topic of like overcoming obstacles and overcoming trauma, overcoming um, just a lot of things being weighed against you. What advice would you give to a student who lives in poverty or, or not student, but a um, youth who lives in poverty or who is at like, almost like at the brink, like ready to give up. Like what, what advice would you give to somebody in that position? I would say that at the end of the day, you know, you're going to be the only one in your casket, right? Right? I need you to say that one more time. You're going to be the only one in the casket. Say that one more time. You're going to be the only one in your casket, right? Mm-hmm. So you're responsible for yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no, you, you can't, as much as it's as you'd like to say, hey, you know, I'm a victim. You know, I'm a product of my environment. You know, I was raised in these streets. I was raised in this situation. You don't know what it's like to not have money. You don't know what it's like to be in poverty. You don't know what it's like to be a person of color. You don't know this. And, and to me, that's it. that's all all excuses, man. Like, I get it. We all have walked different paths. We all have different, you know, 
barriers and boundaries and hindrances and negativity and people that don't believe in you and, and circumstances that don't feel like there's a way out, there's a way out, man. Mm-hmm. And it's got to come from you. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something that you do. It's got to be a passion that you have inside. And if, if you don't know what you're going to do in life, man, you got to figure it out. Because every single one of us has a gift. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us can help people out. Every single one of us have something inside of us to give to this world. So what I would say to people, man, is just you've got to find, you've got to identify what that is. And if you, you know, say, well, I don't know what to do with my life. Well, I didn't know what to do with my life either. I just bared down and said, look, these are the things that I went through in my life. This is how I can give back. You know, I said, I would, as far as raising my children, I would never in a million years want my children to grow up the way that I grew up. But I don't regret the way I grew up because I wouldn't be the person I am if I didn't grow up that way. So... You know, I encourage my kids, man, you've got to find your way in this. You've got to find your place in this world, however that is. I'm a first-generation college graduate. No one in my family graduated from college. Nobody. No one even asked me about college. Nobody had any aspirations for me. I had to do it myself. If you want something in life, you cannot, what do you say, you got to go take it. Go get, go take it. There's no, like, there's no free handouts. There's no gifts. You may, you know, you may come alongside somebody, and somebody might have a cheerful heart or whatever. But at the end of the day, there's nothing that anybody's going to do that's going to get you where you got to go. You got to do it yourself. I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's one of those things where you learn in life that, you know, it's not about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. You know, you got to identify with what it is that you're going to do and go, go take it. That's, that's what I would say. Just go take it. Yeah, that's dope. Um, okay, but, uh, I'm trying to think. I, I had a question. I just lost my train of thought. But if you have any questions for me, you could go ahead and ask them. Um, my... I don't really have any questions because I, I kind of follow what you're doing mm-hmm. and I appreciate what you're doing. And I would say that I, w- I would encourage you to continue what you're doing because where you're at and it's just an age thing. Mm-hmm. Most people your age don't have the wisdom that you have, mm-hmm. don't have the drive that you have, don't have the motivation, haven't walked in your shoes, don't have the experiences, don't have the willingness to accept you know, people's viewpoints and then interpret them for yourself. Most people aren't where you're at, man. I would just tell you, just think, just continue to do what you're doing because you're going to make a difference in this world. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I, um, I, that's, I hope to do so, man. That's, that was, that's the purpose of this podcast is to make a difference in this world. Um, I knew at an early age that I would, that I would be I would put myself in position to do that. I just never knew how. And I, I think that this is my avenue right here to connect. Um, I can tell you, man, when I first came to basketball, I didn't know any of you guys. None of you. Didn't mm-hmm. even know your names. I just watched you play. And you, you could ask the coach. He said, who, who do you like? He didn't tell me your name right. He said, who do you like? He said, give me two people. And, and the first person I picked was you. You want to know why? No, what's up? Because you're five, what five foot ten? Yeah. 
Yeah, five, yeah, okay. five, ten. I'm trying to grow, try to grow a little bit. <laughs> right, you was about a hundred and nothing, right? Maybe hundred, about hundred sixty, hundred seventy. Right. Okay. Now I was about one seventy five. Okay. Okay, but you looked about a buck sixty. Just saying, mm-hmm. like, but you were playing a position that I'm not saying you couldn't play. I'm just saying you did all the things that I would want. You'd be my first pick if I was picked left. He had all this talent. This kid could do this. This kid could score. This kid from Tennessee could do this. This kid's an all pro. I would have picked you first. You know why? Because I always pick the guys that work their tail off. But I call them the garbage men. The guys that can shoot. Guys that are going to board. Guys that are going to get on the floor. Guys that are going to take charges. Guys that are going to outwork you. Guys that are going to take your garbage that you missed because you chucked up a terrible shot and put it where it belongs in the hole. The guy that has good character, the guy that's paying attention when I'm talking, that's who I want on my team. So that, I mean, that's, I noticed that about you from the beginning, man. So I just wanted to let you know, man, just keep working hard because you do a good job of what you do, man. Hey, man, I appreciate that, man. On a different level, like, uh, man, listen, I, I, I battled a long, a long, for a long time in my life with my work ethic. Like even to this day, I still think I, I have a lot to work on that I should do a lot better and push myself to more, uh, to 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 more extents, um, and that 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 just that means the world for me, man. Like like literally, I, it'll be nights where I would cry, and 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 be in a room. I, I think I just said this on a, on a recent episode, um, like I. I'll be in a room, man, everything off, just in there, just crying, asking myself, like, yo, what's wrong with me? Like, what what can I do to be more productive or, or to be more useful? What can I do to to see results? Because I was seeking results and weren't get, wasn't getting them. And, and, like, I thought I was working, but I wasn't. I thought I was applying myself, but I wasn't. And I'm like, what what is it about me that I need to change? And, and, and to hear that. From you, man, somebody who I see also is another hardworking person that I look up to that I try to model my actions after. It's like that's that's dope, man. That's dope. That really that really touched me, man. Like that's dope. Be the best you can be. Be the best you that you can be. That's that's all you can do, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I, <laughs> I told a lot of people that too. I man, yeah. Listen, my for the listeners. If you need to, man, rewind this episode and just listen back to a lot of things that was said. Um, and go back on some episodes if you have to. Go play them back over and just really listen to what's being said in these episodes. Um, eliminate all the premature judgment that you have going into the episodes. Eliminate all the biases. Just listen for the gems that's being dropped and listen for what you could take away and apply to life. Um, that's my main goal. That's my main reason for starting this podcast is to have a bunch of, a bunch of resources available for you via the word of mouth, <laughs> uh, information that I've received from some of my mentees and some of the influential members of my life, information from books that I've read, research that I've done, wisdom from life experiences, Etc. Etc. Just take the most that you can out of these episodes. Um, I didn't have any questions written down. Uh, as you may know, we had this 
we had our debrief um, before we started recording. Um, I don't really have any more questions, so we can wrap it up unless it was something else you wanted to touch on. Um, you know, the only thing I can say, man, is just for anybody out there listening, just do you. Do the next right thing. Don't make all the mistakes yourself to learn from them. Keep your head on a swivel and take a look around and watch what people do. You know, learn to love people. Learn that your actions speak way louder than anything that you can say. When you do say something, please understand that what you say you will never get back. Mm -hmm. So make sure that what comes out of your mouth is something that's productive, that has a redemptive element to it, and that it's able to build people up. Because you can tear people down and not even know about it. Know that when you say something, it is meant for someone to be built up. It is meant for somebody to grow. That's the attitude you got to have. You got to go get life. You got to go take it. So that's what I would leave it with. Yeah, and I um to kind of piggyback on something you said, um, when you said keep your head on the swivel and watch what other people do, um, you don't always have to go through something to learn it. Or you don't always have to fail to learn it. Um, I was speaking to somebody the other day and like basically like what they said basically was like, yo, why should I listen to you if you haven't gone through or experienced what you're talking about? And I mean, that's that's a clear example right there is like you don't always have to go through it. You have people who have already gone through it, who have right. tried to steer you in the, the the correct direction so you don't repeat those same mistakes. And that's what I'm trying to do. Take that same information and, and, and share it to my, my audience. Um, Yeah, man, this was this was dope. Uh, we should do another episode. Uh, definitely a part two. Um, yeah, let me know. And um, I'm going to start doing episodes like untraditionally where... I'll start a conversation on the phone, like we'll just chop it up and I'll just press record whenever and then we'll just start recording like that. Um, just to help to see where the flow is and, you know, I'll experiment on, a, on another episode, but I want to see where that goes and how that, how that plays out. But um, this segment is running out. So thank you all for tuning in. This is another episode of Best of Both Worlds. My Instagram is ibrock88. Um, hit me up with any questions, comments or concerns or if you want to be a part or a, a guest on this membership we can make something happen, work some scheduling out, get in contact with each other, and we'll make it work. Thank you.